Yeah. All right, here we go. The T-bone. <laughs> And chick brew. Let's God bless all these years. Just get it right one time. What do you want from me? Forty years they've been trying. You couldn't fire somebody if they were horrible, doing a terrible job for the veterans. And now you can say you're fired. <laughs> okay. No one listens to radio. And now for a quick disclaimer: the T-bone and chick brew show is brought to you by nobody. We have no sponsors. The show is still rated G for glorious. I decided to hit the record button today. Yay! I thought that would be a good idea since last week I did not. Mm. Yeah, I feel felt continue to feel. Like a total moron. But, uh, and we had such a great conversation. I think that's the worst part, is uh, all of our family and friends missed out on what a joyful conversation we had. Speaking of which, let me look at the numbers real quick, because we got a boost like you wouldn't believe. La 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 la, la 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 la. The ghost episode uh, is still single digits, but for whatever reason, the New Year's Eve show and the Christmas show and the Death of Birthday Burns show, I mean, they all skyrocketed. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is T-Bone and Chick Brew on the internet. It's a radio show, but it's on the internet. It's available anywhere uh, using your virtual assistants by saying, hello, Siri, hello, Google, hello, Alexa, and then asking them to play the T-Bone and Chick Brew podcast, and then we show up. It could be in your car. It could be in your bathroom. It could be in your laundry room. Wherever your electronic devices may be, you can hear us. Wherever your phone is, we're available on your phone at your leisure. It's T-Bone and Chick Brew on the Internet. And what you can expect in today's episode, we're probably going to be talking about food. We're definitely going to be talking about facts. Food, facts, headlines, and birthdays. I feel like we do something else on a regular basis. Why don't I remember what it is? Shenanigans. And general shenanigans. <laughs> and television, which Chick Brood doesn't watch, but I consume. And I was kind of late getting in today because I'm watching this stupid show called 60 Days In. So I'm fascinated. Oh, I've watched with, some of that. You've watched it? The I'm fascinated one? with two different shows right now. One called Alone, where they put you in isolation alone and the only thing you really have to fear is the predation of wildlife the the bears the wolves the cougars and then 60 days in where you're not alone and the predacious creature you have to worry about is man so it's two completely opposite things and both of them I am 100% enthralled in. I love watching these shows. We just finished so we we just finished seasons 1 and 2 and we did it like a Stephen King book. We read book 3 and then we went back and watched 1 and 2. Now we're on season 4. There's 9 seasons of this TV show alone. I don't know how many versions of 60 days in there exist but uh, 60 days in is where they take normal people and they put them in county lockups and uh and let them figure it out for 60 days i have no desire to participate in either show i will watch them i will enjoy them 
but I ain't getting eaten by a bear. I ain't going. That, the the people on alone, they go like five, six, seven days without n- no food whatsoever. Maybe maybe a sea snail or a limpet, but they go days without food. And then you know, and then on sixty days in, you go and get your commissary. And uh, somebody robs you of your commissary as soon as you get it back to your pod. <laughs> These are both, again, both great. They're both great television shows. Competitions. Nah, not a competition. They're shows. One's a competition, one isn't. Either way, I would not want to participate in either. Put me on The Bachelorette. Put me on The Bachelors. Put me on a whore off. I could do good on those. You know, I got to get the wife to sign a contract saying she'd never watch. And then I just go and be the center of attention for like 20 whores trying to, you know, be famous. You should do the circle. You would be great on the circle. I don't even know what the circle is, but my experience with circles, I do not want to participate in the circle. Oh, I think like, I think that is actually that's the that's the tv show for you that's the one you should be on because you are in a very comfortable cozy apartment by yourself but there's amenities there's a, a hot tub there's yoga rooms you have all these things and you just interact with the other contestants via an online chat type thing oh 100 100 give me the show yeah it's on netflix yeah you're there. You just like live in an apartment. For how long? Until you get kicked off. And how do you get kicked off? This all right. First of all, I am one hundred percent interested in the circle. Is it on Bravo? It's on Netflix. <laughs> you know what happens? The best part about the circle is people go in and they catfish and they're like not who their picture is at all. <laughs> and there's people it's not like you have to be young and hot to be on that show. You can I, pretend to be young and hot all you want. <laughs> I want like a seniors edition of Big Brother. And I also I also want Big Brother to go back to the old days when they let everybody drink. You don't see anybody drinking and smoking anymore in Big Brother. And, and Big Brother's like way woke right now. So, But a senior old school edition of Big Brother, that would be good for me. Sit around and drink and smoke and tell off-color jokes and and get voted out on the first night. That's what I would do on Big Brother. Welcome it was always to my goal. Except <laughs> for getting voted off as a different, different <laughs> scenario entirely. That was always my goal on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Speaking of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I lost my friend recently, Corn Dog Millionaire, uh, who was a contestant with Regis Philman on uh, the celebrity, I mean, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I always want, and I, I told him this story too. I said, I always wanted to be on that show because, you know, the $100, $200, $400 questions are just the dumbest. You know, this is the third letter in the alphabet, and it's a multiple choice question, and the answers are in multiple choice, you know, in, the, in A, <laughs> B, C, or D. Uh, is that your final answer? I always wanted to go on there with Regis Philbin because I'm a huge Regis Philbin fan. Uh, you know, Lifetime New Yorker and Regis Philbin in the morning, that was what New York was. And I always wanted to go on there. I wanted to answer the first question and then immediately tap out. Like, no, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you mean you're good? Yes, Regis, I'm good. What do you mean you're good? I mean, I came to meet you. 
and I got to sit down with you, and I'm on television with you, and uh, I got a hundred bucks to boot, so I'm good. You're crazy. I'm putting it on the resume. You I did You're get crazy. paid. Huh? Say, so I'm putting it on my resume. I did get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Assistant host to Regis Philbin. The first One guy episode. to win a million dollars on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I think his last name was Carpenter. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that clip? It's a great clip. He's the first person to win a million dollars on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. He makes it all the way to the final question. He's never used a single lifeline. At the end, he says, I'd like to use a, I'd like to phone a friend. And Ray just like, phone a friend? You haven't phoned a friend all day. Why do you want to phone a friend? And uh, he calls his dad. And when his dad picks up the phone, he goes, hey, dad, I just want to tell you, I just want a million dollars on who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, you're crazy. You are. You're crazy, these kids. <laughs> Love Regis Philbin. Is he still alive? Probably. Yeah, who knows these days? Every time somebody dies, I'm like, that person's still alive? <laughs> Except for recently, Bob Saget died. I knew Bob Saget was still alive. Funny guy. Such a funny, funny guy. People have no idea how funny Bob Saget was unless they got a chance to see him in person. And let me tell you, Danny Tanner was the character he played Danny on. Danny Tanner was the character. <laughs> yeah. No, that's him. Him and Tracy Morgan are two people. When you go to a comedy club and you think you're going to see the TV person, they are not the TV person you are going to see. It's like there was two different humans living inside. Him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was acting to be a wonderful, nice man. And then there was the real Bob Saget, who was hilariously funny, genuinely thoughtful and caring, but... Filthy. As wildly inappropriate <laughs> as you could possibly imagine, especially especially nowadays. If he wasn't famous, how did Bob Saget avoid cancel culture? That's funny. It's funny to think about because he, he, man, he touched on topics, but he avoided, he avoided the third rail. I, I guess that's the way to do it. And if you don't know what the third rail is, ladies and gentlemen, the third rail is just uh, New York City terminology. All right. You may have heard it once in your life. Sometimes they talk about it in politics. But the third rail is where all the electricity is kept in the New York City subway. You don't pee on it. You don't touch it. That thing will kill you. It's dangerous. And it Maybe Danny Tanner was his buffer. Hmm. Because if you say Bob Saget, you'd be like, I can't believe he said that. Like, not Danny Tanner. Not that guy. No. No, Danny Tanner <laughs> and Bob Saget. That shows he probably never won any awards for that TV show, Full House. He probably never won any awards, but he should have, because he is the farthest departure from uh, the character. And say, well, he was actually acting. Good on him. Speaking <laughs> of good on him, the Golden Globes just. Uh, Best female actress? Not. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about because that's a, that falls into the categories of things I don't watch. Yeah, nobody, nobody watched the Golden Globes this year. The Golden Globes were so bad this year, they couldn't get anyone to participate. But they still did it. it was, it's just the strangest thing. I don't care if you don't come. I'm still going to have my party. And they did, and, and it was... It was as bad as you could expect it to have been. I feel like when I was in college, we had like Oscar watching parties, but I feel like in the last 15 years or so, my desire or care. I, I remember watching the Oscars like it was something that mattered. 
years ago. Right. Right. And, and, and I can tell you the moment I stopped. Denzel Washington wins an Oscar uh, for Training Day, where he just plays a crooked cop, you know, just... Uh, here's Denzel the Washington always plays the same person. In no, he does not. Denzel has great range, except for in the book of Ezekiel. That was horrible. But most of the time, Denzel's a fantastic actor, and I like watching him. And I'm not saying that Training Day was bad. I'm just saying stereotypical casting. Just there was a, a lot of things. Okay, he plays a bad cop and he happens to be black. I, and I didn't dig it. And that was the same year Will Smith went up for Ali. So Denzel beats Will Smith when, when it definitely, without a doubt, should have been Will Smith's year. He should have won it for Ali. And not taking away from Denzel, Denzel should have won it previously when he played Malcolm X. At the end of both of those movies, I couldn't tell you who was the actor and who was, who was the, the person. They, they were both fantastic portrayals, but because Hollywood, as crazy woke liberal as it is, is really quite racist, and they hadn't, <laughs> they hadn't been acknowledging black actors for so many years, when they finally do it, uh, they do it for, you know, kind of like a racist stereotypical role instead of the one he should have gotten, which was playing somebody who was wildly unpopular. I think Spike Lee did that, so that's like a double... Uh, yeah, that's two strikes against you. It's written by Spike Lee. It's got a black lead actor, and it's about a black man. That wasn't going to go. They, of course, they weren't going to give that an award. But Training Day, they do. <laughs> Screw you, Oscars. <laughs> sound. I hate that sound. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was completely unintentional. I no, no. It is a it is a great way of not swearing. <laughs> But I'll use I'll use a different sound in the future. Acceptable. Yeah, no, I don't. SquarePants. Have you ever watched this show? I do. There is an episode of SpongeBob, and I don't watch a lot of SpongeBob. You know, when my kids, uh, when my kids were younger, I would watch some episodes, and I wouldn't think anything of it. But there was an episode where SpongeBob and Squidward were swearing. Not Squidward. Uh, who's the Who's the uh, Patrick? Patrick. Patrick. Uh, Patrick and, and SpongeBob were swearing throughout the entire episode and they replaced the swear words with dolphin that sound it was to this day still one of the the great cartoons throughout television history have always been smart enough to include adult humor in them so adults would wouldn't mind so much watching them uh, with their kids if you don't believe me go back and watch rocky and bullwinkle there is so much hidden adult humor in there. Humor that no child would understand, but the sexual, uh, it, it's there. It's definitely there. I, so I, I love that. It's one of my favorite things, like watching something that I liked as a kid and then going back and be like, oh my God, <laughs> was I laughing? <laughs> There's no way I knew what was going on. So I went back and I was like, oh, you know what was super cuddly? Care Bears. I'm going to go back and watch Care Bears. There's got to be something. Nope. No. No. So super. I was like, how did they? <laughs> There's literally nothing in Care Bears. And that's Zero. why no one loves Care Bears. 
But talk about Bugs Bunny. Everybody loves everybody loves Bugs Bunny, and Bugs Bunny was constantly dressing up in drag. <laughs> there was always sexual innuendo with Bugs Bunny. It's true. But uh, yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle. So you know the Rocky and Bullwinkle show had had Boris and Natasha included as part of the show. It had um, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. As part, you know, it was all all encompassed in that show, and there was just a lot of opportunities for hilarity. The Simpsons have done a fantastic job with it, but I mean, I wouldn't call that a I wouldn't call that a cartoon cartoon. It was you know, the Simpsons and the Flintstones were both uh, uh, prime time cartoons. They right. were cartoons, but they were not intended for children. Right. So the Flintstones, you know, you go back to the early episodes and you see Fred and Barney out back smoking cigarettes. Hey, Barney. <laughs> Just for people who can't handle anything else at the end of the day. <laughs> but you, if you take that, you know, 50 years in the future from the Flintstones to something like Rick and Morty now. Right. Rick and Morty is a really smart but funny and edgy cartoon. I, I, I really enjoy that one. Never did enjoy the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I no, tried I it. But if you're not high, you don't get any of that. And that's a, that is definitely a show to do been, when you are high. That might have been what I was missing. Well, I if you go back and ask right. any of your friends who watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force, you know they were a stoner back then. <laughs> they may be a recovered stoner now, but they were definitely a stoner back then. There was no way you watched that and not high, and you weren't high. There's no way. Let's. Spin the Wheel of Destiny to find out what we're going to talk about now. It's time to talk about cooking. And tonight prove one thing. You know f*** all. What did you cook this week of interest to the audience, Chick Brew? I don't think I cooked anything interesting. I did cook um, corn on the cob and some green beans and steak because we went to the drive-in. So while everyone else ate popcorn, we ate steak in the car. <laughs> what did you see at the drive-in? Sing 2. How was it? It was great. I love those movies. Okay. Cartoons full of innuendo, you know? It's there. <laughs> yeah, Pixar Pixar's good at that. Uh, like the Toy Stories. The Toy Stories had a lot of innuendo in them, too. Pixar does a good job. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, my, my children are grown, so it would be weird for me to now go watch one of those. Did you, did you borrow somebody's kid to take him to go see the movie, or is just you two there oh. in the car eating steak at a children's movie? That yeah, nothing weird about that at all. Nope. Look, not, not feeding someone else's child. That's uh, their problem. I How love you you're safe. You're safe. Yeah. Your car. They lock. The windows go up. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think, I think drive-ins are going to make a comeback. You're I don't think, I don't think people want to go to movie theaters anymore. I haven't wanted to go to a movie theater in a very, very long time. I do. But I, I, also, I also never went to a drive-in since I was a child when I was smuggled in. <laughs> Scream 5 just came out and I am super bummed because it came out on the 14th and I'm so mad. It's like not at the movie theater, which I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but I've been looking forward to this for 
10 years, like 10 years <laughs> and I'm ready. I think the last movie I saw in a movie theater. No, that's not true. Cause I was, you know, I was, I was dating the wife. So I went to see whatever it is she wanted to watch and, and I was with her. So I was happy. But the movies that we watched together were not memorable. I don't remember. I, I remember watching Team America there in Siganilla. Uh, that was a great movie. My buddy John Dongdara, he was there with us. He was laughing so hard. He was literally on the floor. When, uh, when I was in the States prior to all of my overseas time and I could go and do comedy clubs on the weekends... One of the great things is you get in town on a Thursday or a Friday night, and then uh, you, uh, you you do your work. You know, usually the club feeds you or something like that, but even if they don't, they pay you a little extra. You do your work, and then you've got all of Friday off. Uh, people are working on Friday. You don't really do much. You might get, you know, some exercise, or you might hang out in your room. And then you do your show on Friday, and then you got all of Saturday off before you have to do your shows. So usually when I was on the road, I would go on a Saturday I go to see a movie, and I remember the last movie I saw. I was in Daytona, and it was um, Jackass. And it was like a Jackass Two. Yeah, I think it was Jackass Two. And I, the great thing about watching a movie early on a Saturday is there's nobody else in there, and I am in a, a great seat, and I am just dying having so much fun so jackass 4 is right around the corner or jackass forever they call it i think it's uh like valentine's day or something like that so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that but and as far as movie theater movies that's definitely one you'd want to see in a movie theater pre-covid and now you know i'll, I'll watch it whenever it comes out whenever i can see it i'll watch it i guess yeah, because yeah. uh, uh, as far as I know, we don't have any drive-ins here. But again, I think I think drive-ins have an opportunity to make a comeback. I, I don't know. Is that so? You got fifty thousand dollars to invest right now. Would you put money into a drive-in? Because really, what are you making your money on? The only thing you're really making your money on is admission. You're In not concession. really selling snacks and popcorn and stuff. I think if, if you go something better than like popcorn like i think like the only reason is people are so tight into cities and then to have a drive-in you need a pretty good chunk of land outside of the city that got dark enough like light pollution is so bad and you couldn't do like imax outdoors unless it was a domed drive-in theater that <laughs> 400 people died today when their combined carbon monoxide killed them in a dome drive-in theater. <laughs> the Chip Jones Theater. <laughs> oh, no. No. Uh. I think, I mean, I think like if you lived, I feel like it would, it would be one of those things that would do well in like a Texas. Maybe, maybe Florida, Jacksonville, Florida has a drive-in theater that got converted to a church. So it's I guess I'm thinking more like, like <laughs> Billings, Montana, <laughs> like out that way, because even if it's cold, you can stay in your car. You know, there's a, there's a lot of country out there that's not New York. I mean, just 
leaving New York City, going into New York State, which is my first drive-in movie experience. Again, as a child, being smuggled in to uh, to watch a movie with my parents who were young and virile at the time and had no problem making out in front of a child. I uh, have a lot of bad memories. <laughs> I got a lot of bad memories about drive-in theaters. <laughs> oh, you ruined their date night. <laughs> I didn't mean to ruin their date night. I mean, it wasn't like they hadn't left me home before. Leave me home again. As I mean, you know, in the 70s, uh, children had to grow up early, and that meant babysitting yourself. We have very simple things. Don't answer the door. Don't answer the phone. Sit there and shut up. That was that was the rules of the 1970s self-babysitting guide. And then when you're five and they bring home an infant that you're supposed to take care of, the rules are the same. Don't answer the door. Don't answer the phone. There was a way of answering the phone, though. We had a super secret code. If it was my parents calling, they would call ring the phone once and then hang up and then they would call back and that phone call i was allowed to pick up allowed to pick up <laughs> yes yeah i don't uh, I would... ever call it actually uh, like hey how are you son they never cared it's just this it was a different time man you leave a five-year-old home now with an infant in his care people will lose their mind I was just reading this or like looking at this article the other day that was like, are people just aging slower than they used to? <laughs> Have you seen those where it's like this football player, it was 30 years old and they look like a great grandfather. Times were tough, right? You know, um, I feel like I'm doing a good job of living a non-filtered life with this. Uh, this is my face. There is no filter. I feel like I've done a good job of hydrating throughout the years and, and, you know, relatively taking good care of my skin. I laugh a lot. So I've got, I'm, I'm getting some wrinkles, but when I was, when I was young, I remember looking at people who were currently my age and they were one foot in the grave. The, you know, the, the people who were 50 back when I was 10, they looked a hundred. <laughs> and nowadays, man, we got some of the hottest old people on the planet. Christy Brinkley's, what, 95 right now? And Halle I Berry's take her. Almost, huh? Halle Berry's almost 60. Wow. Yeah, I'm not going to look like that when I'm almost 60. And I don't look bad for my age. I do like. I do like when I'm like, as I say these things out loud about other women, I think about my wife. I'm like, well, she's pretty hot too. <laughs> like scrolling through Facebook. And I kind of sometimes feel like a little awkward when I see someone that I went to high school with who I'm not friends with, but they're in the photo of someone I'm friends with. So I haven't seen this person in many, many years. And I don't quite recognize them. And I was like, Oh, is that their mom? And I'm like, no, that's them. What are some of these people doing? Because we should not be aging at light speed. Some people are aging at light speed. There are there are definitely people who have been road hard. You know, I mean, maybe it's because uh, I don't want, I want to say this without it becoming like a brag, but maybe it's because we both kind of we we both worked hard, but we both worked hard in a place that wasn't real hard you know 
when I was doing manual labor as a child, when I, uh, a big slumlord, and I mean, doing physical, physical labor, if I would have continued in the physical labor life, hard physical labor, if I would have continued in that life, I definitely w- wouldn't look as, as, as youthful as I look now. I, I, I want to say, I, yeah, but I would look a lot older. Yeah, I think if I had kept doing what I was doing before the Navy, I think I would, I don't think I would, I think I would probably have already died. <laughs> also, true story. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> intense physical labor, people die from doing that. And, and then being a sloth is also an excuse to die. I I worked. I worked. Don't get me wrong. Just because I'm not doing intense physical labor doesn't mean I didn't do work. But then, then I advanced in my career. I got to a position of seniority where I wrote a desk for the rest of my career. And in, yeah, I didn't. I didn't do intense physical labor for my life. But imagine. So you know my generation, and then just go the the generation before that where. There were no tech jobs. Tech right. jobs didn't exist. There were no robot assisted jobs. Like you stand beside a robot and when the robot screws up, you correct it. There was none of that. There was just hard, physical, laborious labor. That'll age you. I, I remember, I, uh, who was it when I saw, because I remember my dad and maybe it was like uh, Daryl Hall from Hall & Oates. Like they, like my dad and Daryl Hall were the same age, but Daryl Hall, you know, he looked, he looked uh, young. He looked good, you know. He looked, and I, I remember saying, when I get to be that age, I want to look like Daryl Hall. I want to look like my dad. <laughs> but you know, Daryl Hall made millions and millions of dollars by singing, not really laborious labor. Whereas my old man. He was grinding every day. He, every day he was every day shuffling. I mean, he was, <laughs> he worked. He worked a hard. He had a hard life. Are you drinking flavored water? The label says that it's black cherry seltzer, but I believe in recycling. Now, I don't believe in recycling. Recycling is hmm. I'm going to choose the word garbage. This is what I was going to say. So there are three R's to recycling. It's reduce, recycle, reuse. And uh, reduce and reuse, I 100% believe in. But if I put this in the recycling bin, it's going to end up in India, and uh, it's just going to be somebody else's garbage. There's really, there's no cost incentive to recycle plastic. I wish there were. But there isn't. So to do my part, to be the best human I can be, I reduce the amount of plastics that I use and I reuse them as much as I can. I'm a good person. You are a good person. I have this uh, like handy thing that um, it's really just like a box cutter blade, but you spin your bottles in it and it turns it into string. And I use that to like tie the tie the, the branches and stuff for the trees to keep them bound up so they don't like start to droop when all the oranges grow on it it's pretty cool uh, okay I, all right I just, I, that way i can use plastic bottles you're reusing yeah, yeah, yeah 
And that makes you a good person. Well, it makes me feel like MacGyver. (laughs) So to understand this device correctly, you take a plastic bottle, you put it in this thing and it just, it turns it into string. Yeah. You just like run, twist it through and Uh it just cuts it into like a really fine piece of plastic and then you can use it like rope. Yeah, that's that would be a convenient tool to have while living alone in the wilderness. Since all their plastic is just in everywhere that they're recycling. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, one of the one of the cool rules of the game is you're allowed to use anything you find. So if you're living on a beach and there's garbage washing up on the beach, you can use anything you find on the beach, which is. On the stove and the house. Nice of them to come up with these rules, right? But there are times when the rules are kind of punitive. These people live hand to mouth. They're really struggling to survive. And uh, in the season that we're currently watching, season four, they are prohibited from eating any of the uh, sea sea life. Uh, Not sea life. Um muscles uh there's there's a collective word for those kind of things yeah shellfish basically we'll just say shellfish because of a because of a red tide they can't eat any of the shellfish so that's most of their diet so this is an interesting season to watch it's very fun i enjoy the show speaking of food i never got a chance to talk about mine oh god i got a new toy I got a smokeless indoor grill. And it came in a couple of days ago, and I'm just super, super excited to use it. And, uh, you know, we got this big snowstorm that hit us recently, so uh, we're locked in the house. And I got a nice piece of meat that had been marinating, and, and Mama wasn't here. So I was going to cook the meat to see if, uh, if I failed. You know, I fail alone. But if I succeed, I could share in my joy with her. I got a nice uh, a London broil. I got a really nice London broil. I put it on my smokeless grill. So basically, when there's six feet of snow outside, you have to go outside, take the grill cover off, get the grill going, trudge back and forth in the snow. You got a grill inside the house. And I used it. And it works swimmingly. So it's not like a George Foreman. It's a... It is not a George Foreman, and and I don't know why we bought stock in George Foreman grills. We probably have five of them in the house. This is uh, it's 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 electric. It's got an electric heating element. It's got an electric suction fan that it per, uh, that it pushes through water to get the smoke out. It's 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 fun. It's a neat little gadget. And I like gadgets, and I like meat. So I grilled me up a London broil on this this thing and and i enjoyed it quite thoroughly send pictures oh yeah i should have thought of that i didn't but i uh, I, it's not like i can't and that was my talk about food book of everything Are you prepared, Chick Brew? Are you prepared to learn something of interest today? 
because I've been waiting the book all of week. everything has something of interest. We're going to go deep in the book. Deep in the book, way back here, page 277. Did you know women make 25% of the films in Iran compared to 4% in the United States? Boom! That just happened. That was a fact you just learned. Women in Iran make 25% of the films. Hold on one second. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do something real quick. In the uh, book of everything, let's go. That fact might not be current. This was written in 2012, so... <laughs> Some of these facts may may be outdated. Let's let's go to the front of the book. That was in the back. Let's go to the front and see if we can find another interesting fact that might be current and true. This one I actually know to be true. The same man invented aspirin and heroin in the same year. Felix Hoffman invented heroin and aspirin in 1897. Do you know what his motivation was? A headache. His wife. (laughs) (laughs) You mean aspirin first and was like something stronger? Yeah, yeah. I I can't tonight. I have a headache. Really? Watch me invent something. Okay, we're going to fix this headache problem. Then he gets rid of the headache, and she's still just not pleasant to be around, so he invents heroin. <laughs> All in the same year. In the same year. I can't tonight. I have a headache. Well, he took the aspirin and no longer had any aches and pains, so he could just keep going. There a was a headline this week that I said to myself, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, let Chick Brew find this headline. Because... <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very good. It was a, a lot of room for fodder. Uh, let's see. In the actual news this week, once again, New York City has failed to embrace technology. In New York City, if you go into the subway at any given moment, a crazy person could push you on the tracks because New York City fails to embrace the fact that modern advanced societies, Tokyo, Seoul, even Beijing have these barriers that prevent people from being pushed onto the tracks. Get it together, New York. I always thought it was really mind-blowing having been on the subways in multiple countries in different states in America (laughs) and then just the sheer disgustingness and chaos that is New York City's subway system. The the mayor of New York has decided as a budgetary idea, they are going to reduce the amount of government vehicles, city government vehicles by 70 percent and make city employees ride the subway. At which Get a point, think of their own medicine. Put them on. Point, exactly. City workers are going to realize that the New York City subways are dangerous and and there is a way of fixing it. I'm just thinking of the major cities that I've been in in the United States with a subway system. Atlanta, clean. Clean, sparkling. Yeah. Uh, Seattle. 
Seattle. San Francisco. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know, if you ever find yourself on the monorail in Seattle, you don't need to ask what stop do you get off. There's there's only one stop. There's only one. I yeah, I, I didn't know. As a New Yorker, I got on the monorail. I thought I was going to you know, have to, how do I know when to get off? You'll know, honey. <laughs> But even like even DC, it's just it's not even that far away from New York. Like you could just pop right down, see what they've got going on. So nice. I uh, the yeah, you can't take pictures, eat or drink on the subway in Washington DC, and maybe that's a good thing. What are the rules? What can't you do? You can't take photos on the platforms, and you can't eat or drink on the train. Wow! But it never smells. It never smells like question mark food. You're never wondering what is this I'm standing in. It's so clean. And if you do see a puddle, you know that it's probably not a beverage. So walk away. It is Martin Luther King Day weekend. ER nurse dies after brain surgery following attack. Okay, that sounds like she died from the attack. Um, I have Christy a Brinkley, Christy Brinkley, as we talked about, is 67 years old. And is here in a picture in a bikini at 67, looking fantastic. Uh, I didn't think GILF was a thing, but uh, apparently GILF is now a thing. Uh, I can't find that one headline. It was such a great headline. Okay, let me give you this one. Um, Hold on one second. I am ready, but there was something here that caught my attention. Ba-ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, Halle Berry's 55. So, yeah, I mean, there's, okay, that's not, it is not beyond the realm of possibility that Halle Berry is hot at her current age because, I mean, that's, that's, that's not really that advanced. 67, however, Christy Brinkley, that is, that is a little bit more advanced. I think Earth Kelly Berry is going to not be hot at 67. I think she's going to look just fine. <laughs> she's going to be all right. going to be all right. I, on the other hand. <laughs> You're going to be all right. Hero grandma saved Cracker Barrel co-worker before being shot to death. Well, no. <laughs> uh, grandma Portland got <laughs> Grandma got murdered at a Cracker Barrel. Grandma who worked at a Cracker Barrel. Here's a hero shot in the chest. 59 years old, worked at a Cracker Barrel near Houston, Texas. Of course it's Houston, Texas. And she worked at that Cracker Barrel for 34 years. Who in the heck is robbing Cracker Barrels? Houston. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Enough. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show we call Headlines, in case you uh, are joining us for the first time or just need a memory boost. Chick Brew reads me a headline that she has found somewhere in the internets, and I try to give you the rest of the story. It's time for Headlines. (laughs) Portland Pickles mascot's suggestive pick gets team in a real pickle. I constantly criticize my partner in crime that the headlines she chooses are way too long. The headline, the sentence that is a headline, tells you everything you need to know. All right, let's go through this slowly. 
The Portland Pickles. That's the name of the team, right? Yep. They've got a mascot who's shaped mm-hmm. like a pickle. And the rest of the headline is something about surprisingly. Picture. What? Huh? Suggestive suggest- picture. Picture lands the team in a pickle. Wow. Can we use the word pickle one more time in this headline? Pickle dickle. The Portland Pickles have a pickle as a mascot and took a suggestive picture that's going to get them pickled. It doesn't take a genius. I'm Pickle Rick. Uh, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that uh, a pickle is a phallic symbol. All right. So uh, the, the Portland Pickles have a pickle as a mascot. Uh, and they're going to get in trouble because their they're pickle... The bottom line is a pickle is a phallic symbol. Okay, it's just uh, that's what it is. It's not like you're in Buffalo and people are throwing actual dildos down onto the playing field. This team's mascot represents a Martian dildo. There's, I mean, what do you expect? What was the suggestive picture? A couple of teammates on the side rubbing their hands up and down? Maybe a guy kissing it on top of the head? Yeah, you're not going to get any good press as the Portland Pickle. First of all, Portland, that's stupid. Pick a better team name, you idiots. Portland. Bunch of hippies. And that is my take on the Portland Penis Pickle. <laughs> what do you got for me next? Woman stuck at blind date's house after a swift COVID lockdown. No, she isn't. No, no, she is not. A woman may be stuck at a COVID blind date house, but we're, she's leaving that house in a relationship, okay? <laughs> or... Or or she's leaving immediately. Let's see if I can imagine how this went down. I'm going on a blind date. I find this woman. She's relatively attractive. I uh, put some hypnosis on her. I sneak her back into my household. And then the alarms, the klaxons, the bells go off. Bing, 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 Anybody in your house must remain in your house until the end of the pandemic. Bing, 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 bing. At that instant... It's either going to be a relationship <laughs> or she's going to be on the street. I'm sorry, you're not. You, you were not in the house when the alarm sounded. You need to go. You <laughs> need to go. You and me together, we were in the studio when, uh, when this first started going down. When the pandemic first started, and there was an example that I, I, I never forget it was a woman in China who was shopping. So the stores were open because she had a shopping bag with her, but she wasn't wearing a mask. And the Chinese, well, as homie would say, they don't play that. They <laughs> beat this woman into submission because she wasn't wearing a mask. Which leads me to believe in America, you've got some time. Yeah, yeah, she stayed in that house voluntarily. Oh, could you imagine? Well, I, I didn't know what country this happened in. Oh, so it might have been twist. Pretty swift. <laughs> because Spain, the lockdown in Spain was pretty intense. I don't care. I don't care if I'm bringing you home and you're not putting out. 
You're not. It's either marriage or murder. Those are your options. (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't have to be marriage or murder, but it's definitely something more than stranger in my house for undetermined period of time. I like sometimes during the pandemic, I thought, God, what if I had had to been quarantined with that person I dated in high school or a roommate from the Navy? And I think I very well could be in jail at this point. It would be interesting to find out from the listeners. I don't think anybody would be willing to say. I, I, I think even if you were in the worst of circumstances and you got stuck with somebody during the pandemic, you know, at least you aren't dead. You kind of just accept it is it, it is what it is. I uh, I was very fortunate. I got the COVID with my wife. I got the uh, I got the confinement with my wife. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine for a moment being stuck with anybody other than her throughout the pandemic. Because yeah, I'm not. T Bone is an acquired personality. All right, let's just let's just go with that. You either love me or you hate me, and a lot more people hate me than love me. I get it. I understand. I'll do anything for my friends, but becoming my friend is not the easy path. It's not an easy thing to be or do. So, all right, here's here's the question uh, for you and for the listeners. Who is the worst person that you know that you could have been stuck with during the lockdown? That I know. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh that's going to be good. <laughs> there was this girl I was on tour with. And we were never roommates because I would have gone to jail. But when we were be in the van, she would sit in the first row of back seats in the behind the passenger seat and she would talk on the phone we would drive sometimes 16 hour drive days and she would talk on the phone at length for hours to her friends one at a time about what she thought about the last episode of celebrity apprentice then while she would have these conversations she would open mouth chew her gum Some people don't know how close to death they have come. <laughs> I remember one time you think that it would be something as, you know, when you're testifying in front, when you're doing your plea arrangement with the court and you tell the judge, well, you know, she had five different conversations during a 16 hour drive giving detailed points of Celebrity Apprentice episode. And the judge is like, well, I mean, you, you shouldn't have murdered her. Hold on, judge. Wait. She also open smacked gum the entire. Oh, you're free. Get her out of here. She's free. She's good to go. Like we would get back in the van. And if she was the last person in the van, people would be like, just go. <laughs> just leave her (laughs) say you didn't notice i'm like how could we miss that we were in a we're working in an event one time and we had a no then why would fire her (laughs) we're working in an event and this guy um from south africa and he's so funny just like very particular about everything he was um 
filling in for our production manager and she's in the tent and we're getting ready to like open for the day. We're working a NASCAR event and she is chewing that gum and you can just see Richard's face as he's like, he's like, I thought you told them no gum while they're working. I was like, Oh, I did. She doesn't listen. <laughs> and he walks over. He walks over and he goes, listen here. You can't chew gum while you're working. You're over here just <laughs> chap, chap, chapping like a cow. <laughs> and the rest of us are dying. <laughs> Literally in tears, crying, trying to hold in my laughter. It was so good. She would do weird things like uh, record conversations between other people. She like came, we, I invited everyone over for dinner one night when we were in Charlotte to my apartment and made everyone dinner. And she's like videoing my house. <laughs> you need to leave. <laughs> Why didn't you fire her? I didn't have the authority. I, I documented everything. I sent it up. But it turns out she was recording conversations between people and sending those conversations to our home office. She nice. was like, a little <laughs> nice. Why didn't you murder her? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that person right there, that would be the one. That is oh. a great example. While you were answering the question, I'm going through my brain Rolodex and I'm like, nope, nope. 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 I'm just example after example after example of people that I could not have been locked out. I say that, but I obviously could have. I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, there are a whole bunch of people that I do not want to spend any time with. Close, intimate, unending time with. I, right. I, one of the reasons why I love my wife. My wife loves me. At least that's what she tells me. She tolerates me. I tolerate her. She, it ain't all roses. She's a wonderful lady, but there are, there are things. There are things. It might not be open smack and gum, but there are things. And then, of course, with me, it's everything. But she puts up with me. I put up with her. We're a good team. There are so many people that uh, prison would have been would have been on the table. If I would have been in lockdown with them. I mean, I'm pretty good at ignoring things and people. And yeah, just I, can, I can be tolerant. Everything else. I'm not even tolerant. I, I can literally just pretend that you don't exist and just go about my business. My mom said, sometimes you just need to pretend like you live alone. And I think I have lived the majority of my life like that. If I think of one person where I, like literally 10 minutes into the quarantine, I would be in handcuffs. It would have been her for sure. Everyone else, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm sure there's other people. There are people I definitely don't want to even cross paths at the grocery store with, but her. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Great, great example. Great answer. As always, when we ask these questions and we discuss these topics, we're always interested to the listeners. Well, what have you got to share? Who is the person, the uh, the being on this planet that you could not have done any time with during the quarantine? And that leads us to our favorite part of the show. It's time for birthday boosts. Used to be a Used to be a recurring segment we did called Birthday Burns. Birthday Burns. 
But because my partner was no good at burning people, and then I just kind of didn't care anymore either, we have decided to take it from negative to positive. We're going to talk up our friends that have had birthdays or are having birthdays in the immediate or near future. We're going to say wonderful and great things about them. I'm really sad that Wendy Spruels missed out on on uh, everything I had to say about her last week. Her and Kelly Sherritts were my big shout-outs last week, and uh, I said great things about both of them. And they will forever be lost in in Cyberland. Cyberland! Who? <laughs> who is on your list this week, Chick Brew? Uh, Brett Cummings. I also know Brett Cummings, who Good is guy. sporting currently an amazing freedom face. <laughs> it is impressive there is no light there well i mean when you've had to shave every day of your life for 30 years it is one of those things it's one of the benefits of leaving active duty you could have a genuine no kidding freedom face yeah and, and i i have explored all kinds of things with my freedom face I really enjoy the fact that I have hair and uh, and I, I can grow facial hair, so I do different things with it. I am still impressed with other people's ability to grow hair. Mine is not that amazing, but I'm okay with it, and I have fun with it. And then, when I don't care anymore, I just shave it off. I'm waiting for the, like, full handlebars. <laughs> My buddy Will C. was in a... Was in, He's been in a lot of different movies and TV shows, and, and in one of them, he's got the no kidding. He's got the handlebars and it, it really cool mustache. And one of the actors that's in the movie with him, Brad Pitt, I don't know who it was. They were like very impressed with his. Uh... Anyway, you took Brett from me. Stolen. He's mine. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna go with my friend Ed. Um, yes, I'm just going to call him Ed because even though his wife, <laughs> even though his wife, the lovely Joan, uh, she outed him out on his birthday on the, on the Facebooks. He's done, a, he's done a real good job of separating his personality, his personal identity from his Facebook. And, uh, and this, this man taught me so much in, in ways that he will never know. He was the commanding officer of the EOD mobile unit there in Siganilla. I had the luxury of befriending him and learning from him. And he, he, in just conversation, taught me so many useful things that, that I carried with me throughout the rest of my career. Really loved that man. And uh, according to the Facebooks, he, he's only five years older than me. I don't even know how that's possible because he seems so much more... Not older, but more, you know, more seasoned, more educated. But, uh, yeah, he's celebrating his 57th birthday. So, happy birthday, Ed. I'm sure the lovely wife is going to make your birthday as memorable as ever. Who else you got for me? Uh, Sean Martin. Sean is awesome because he and I used to do the mail together in Bahrain. And he always, always, if I had a package, he'd be like, hey, it's here. And he would run and get me next door. He's a good guy. <laughs> I mean, really this is a this is a tough week because you know 
if we don't capture these before the next episode, then they're going to fall off of the thing and we're not going to see them. I think a better way of doing that is we do the two and then we do a rundown. Okay. So I gave you Ed and I think, I think I'm going to go with a surprise pick here. I'm going to go with the lovely Jennifer Hodell. Uh, Jen was our executive assistant in Rhoda. Uh, she, she's married to uh, Ken. A lovely family. Wonderful people. We laughed a lot together. She's a sweetheart. And uh, wisely, she doesn't have a, a year, as most women do. She doesn't have a year associated with her birthday. But as always, happy birthday, Jen Hodell. I miss you. And uh, it was great to throw in a shout out. That is a birthday boost. All right, who you got? Uh, you already did two. I already did two. You are my. Yeah, my let's quick do your honorable mentions. People with upcoming birthdays in short little. Short. Yeah, something short. Jessica Zirko. Known her since high school. She's awesome. Marquina Wilkerson, also a great human being. I know Marquina. Karen Owens. Everyone knows Marquina. She's awesome. And oh, Kay. Kay Brown. I uh, I got Kylie Gray. I got uh, Travis Shabara. I've got Mike Sisko. Very funny comedian, Mike Sisko. Delancey Snook, who I was stationed with in Argentia years and years and years ago. I got old uh, Sade Tapia. I got Ed Newmans, who I was with in Sicily. I got Brian Neal, who I was with in Sicily. And I got this last one. When I wrote the chapter of Douchebag for the uh, Almanac of Everything That's Absolutely True 2004 edition, I, I used this man's name or a version of this man's name as as the the butt of the joke if you will because he has a he has a great name that i uh, manipulated just a little bit and it worked very well for the story uh but there came a time and he's still in gaeta my home of homes my my uh, tele uh, telepathy home not telepathy telekinesis i don't know you know what i'm talking about being able to appear in one place instantly that home teleport yes my teleportation home uh, Gianni's still there. Uh, Silvano's still there. Emilio's still there. A lot of my friends are still there. And one day I got a notification that it was Silvano's birthday. So I reached out to Gianni and I said, hey, man, can you can you do something for Silvano? Because, you know, just something nice. Send him a piece of cake or something. And he did. And I, I reunited with Gianni, who I hadn't really talked to in years. And then I reread the story and I'm like, oh, man, that's... I, 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 make, uh, I make him out to be a bad guy, and I don't want to do that. So I have since changed the story uh, because he's a great person, and I didn't want him to feel that way. But Gianni Parente, uh, it is his birthday, and he's only a year older than me. That's crazy. I knew him when I was so much younger. Oh, my goodness. I apologize. That is my wife. She is sending me messages. And they are messages that must be seen. So let me go over here while we're getting the bling-a-bling, bling-a-bling, bling-a-bling. You are messing up the recording. <laughs> Love you. Guarantee there's going to be a, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. You just wait for it. It's coming. <laughs> 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 
All right. Uh, so thank you, uh, everybody, for tuning in to T-Bone and Chick Brew on the Internet. I think that's the new name of the show. I think so, too. Yeah, T-Bone and Chick Brew on the Internet. You know anybody who's good at graphics? I think so. Oh, okay. Let's see if we could farm this out. I'd be willing to spend a little bit of money, but, uh, you know, all the graphics in the past were all done by me, and they're not great graphics. So anybody... <laughs> anybody who wants to do some graphics for us let us know if you can find someone let's get some t-bone and chick brew graphics and with that i remind you as i always do if you are a great person today be an even better person tomorrow and don't forget that you are loved bye bye lunch be, lunch be everybody Thank you for listening to T-Bone and Chick Brew. If you enjoyed that show, you should check out the Darrell McLean Show, independent media that won't reinforce tribalism. We have one planet and nobody's leaving, so let's reason together. You can find the Darrell McLean Show at the same place you actually listen to this show. Give it a shot.